chapter twelve of the day's journey this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the day's journey by netta siret chapter twelve my dear said lady wilmot as her motor-car stopped in dover street before her club who'd have thought of seeing you the man opened the door and she descended with a rustle of silks to shake hands with rose summers who was passing what are you doing away from your country cottage i thought you never left off holding your children's hands for a minute come in and have some tea she exclaimed in one breath rose hesitated i succumb to tea she said after a second's pause though i've enough shopping to do to last a week they entered the club and lady wilmot bore down upon the tea-room like a ship in full sail rose following in her wake with an expression of anticipated amusement it was to the prospect of gossip she had succumbed rather than to the offer of tea with the prescience that to one who had fallen a little behind the times half an hour with lady wilmot would be a godsend i shall learn more than i could pick up in three months otherwise was her smiling reflection as she settled herself opposite her hostess at one of the tables of coloured marble in the embrasure of a window we're early or we shouldn't get a table pursued lady wilmot always a hideous crush here well my dear i hope the babies are better what an untold nuisance children must be measles is part of them i suppose how do you like your cottage and when is jack coming home tea and cake and muffins this to the waiter in parenthesis do you see that woman coming in the one with the painted gauze scarf not the only paint about her by the way well remind me to tell you something in connection with her presently quite amusing and how long are you going to be in town my dear and where are you staying rose selected the last two questions to answer i'm only up for the day she said i'm afraid to leave the children longer they develop a fresh infectious disease the moment my eye is not upon them she laughed drawing off her gloves it was the laugh of a woman contented with life as for her it had resolved itself into the normal fate of motherhood with its anxieties its pleasures its anticipations seated in the angle of the window the light falling on her sunburnt face her erect figure well suited by a successfully cut cloth gown she was not only pleasant to look at but she struck a curiously different note from the majority of the other women who now began to crowd the tea-room women whose distinctive feature was their aimlessness you've improved a great deal my dear remarked lady wilmot after a critical stare i always said you were the type that improved with age 
you'll be a good-looking woman at forty when all this sort of thing she included the room with a sweep of her hand is done for mrs somers laughed again how encouraging of you you've seen the king's lakes i suppose was lady wilmot's next query no scarcely once since they got into their flat last november just as they came to town i moved out and the children have kept me bound hand and foot ever since i'm going to rush in between five and six on my way to victoria my dear you won't know cecily why not asked rose almost sharply so pretty so well dressed curious what a man can do isn't it no wonder they're vain lady wilmot smiled broadly as she raised a superfluously buttered muffin to her lips what man asked rose brusquely maine my dear dick maine the uncommercial traveller or patience rewarded it would make a nice little modern tract but the result is admirable as far as cecily is concerned i saw her about eighteen months ago she came up to a lunch-party with robert she was positively dowdy and like the lady who was it who had no more spirit in her never saw such a collapse in my life and every one agreed with me but now as pretty as ever prettier there's something different about her too i don't know what it is perhaps it's a touch of dignity about my lady no it's more than that it's something a little sphinx-like anyhow it's a most effective pose every one's talking of course but as i tell them when the result is so admirable why inquire too closely about the means she chuckled a little rose looked at her calmly every one's talking she said that means what you so aptly describe as this sort of thing she let her eyes wander round the room which was now filled with chattering women does it matter cecily's friends know as well as you do that what you insinuate is a is not true lady wilmot's expression wavered she had crossed swords with rose summers before and always found the exercise a little exhausting reluctantly she determined to be amicable so with a laugh she shrugged her shoulders of course my dear what a literal mind you have you know robert's got a secretary she added with apparent innocence so i hear philippa burton returned rose with composure lady wilmot's eyes lit up do you know her i met her long ago in germany she was a schoolfellow of cecily's i dare say you know that there was a pause lady wilmot determined on a new move cecily's a fool she said gravely that is if she wants to keep her husband she glanced sharply at rose who was sipping her tea with exasperating indifference she had driven robert to try reprisals i suppose there was a slight pause during which rose took some more tea-cake that's what every one imagines anyhow continued lady wilmot with a distinct excess of sharpness it's a dangerous game she shook her head as a virtuous matron might have done and rose struggled with a smile i've no patience with wives who allow attractive women to enter their homes under the pretext of work 
which they ought to be doing themselves she concluded in an exasperated tone as she glanced at her neighbour's blank face why on earth doesn't cecily act as secretary to her own husband because she's writing a novel of her own and hasn't time said rose speaking at last to give from lady wilmot's point of view an utterly valueless piece of information ridiculous she ejaculated i should have thought there was enough scribbling in the family why doesn't she look after her husband and be a companion and help meet to him instead of allowing another woman to come in and give the sympathy which only a wife and all that kind of thing she concluded hastily becoming suddenly conscious of her companion's amused eyes it was a triumph for rose she had actually driven lady wilmot of all people into the ridiculous position of defending the domestic hearth and she had the satisfaction of knowing that no one felt her position more keenly she rose from the table extending her hand with great cordiality thank you so much for your delicious tea she said and i'm sure you'll forgive me for rushing off in this unceremonious way my train goes at half-past seven and i must get cecily in as well as socks and shoes and sashes and things no don't move there's such a crush to get through and i can find my way out truly good-bye she was gone threading her way between the tea-tables and smiling back at lady wilmot who instantly summoned a bewildered waiter upon whom she made a vague attack for indefinite shortcomings rose stepped into a hansom with a smile which already contained more bitterness than amusement she was reviewing facts as interpreted by lady wilmot and company End of chapter twelve